This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. I can almost feel the Stanley Cup playoffs waiting in the wings as players and teams are now starting to clinch playoff spots. Teams are starting to get eliminated from contention. Sorry about it, Buffalo Sabres, even though I've been commending you heavily over the past couple of months. They're officially eliminated for the 11th straight season without a Stanley Cup playoff berth. That's an NHL record. So not record books in the right way for the Buffalo Sabres. Sorry about it. Other teams, however, look at the Colorado Avalanche, the expected President's Trophy winners there, clinched into a playoff spot. The other two division leaders, this time in the Eastern Conference, Florida Panthers clinched a playoff spot. Carolina Hurricanes also clinched a spot to dance for Lord Stanley's Cup Something that was brought to my attention that I had completely forgot about. But looking at where we're at right now with the current playoff matchups is the return of the much maligned playoff system. The normalized, at this point, playoff system that is flawed to say the least, I think was what we can say. This system was instituted way back in the 2014 Stanley Cup playoffs. That was the first time they used it. And like I said, I almost forgot about it because they haven't used this system due to COVID since 2019. Two playoffs. Obviously, we had the bubble playoffs in 2020 up in Toronto and Edmonton where it was 24 teams with play-in tournaments and all sorts of stuff going on. Reseeding, which we'll get back to here in a couple minutes. And then in 2021, of course, they had basically the March Madness of Stanley Cup playoffs where they sectioned off each division, only playing in that division, then in the postseason doing the same exact thing until you had the four division winners in the Stanley Cup semifinals. So two very different determinations of a Stanley Cup champion. And there's another argument to be made in there about the Tampa Bay Lightning. This is the first time they'll be trying to win a Stanley Cup in this specific playoff format. And that's actually why I bring it up. Because of the Tampa Bay Lightning. As of right now, the Tampa Bay Lightning would be matched up in the first round, not the second round, not the conference finals, in the first round with the Carolina Hurricanes. I, as much as I love that matchup, and I do, I hate that. Because to me, That was my perspective, Eastern Conference Finals. That is a series that needs to be played later in the Stanley Cup playoffs with a little bit more gravity to it. I understand the playoffs, every round matters, every game matters. But first round? Canes, Lightning, first round of the playoffs? Now this is mainly due to the fact that the the Tampa Bay Lightning over the past month have had a rough go of it. You know... They added a couple pieces at the deadline. It's taking them a little bit of a, t- a little little while to get acclimated to playing down there in the Tampa Bay system. 
not fun times for the Lightning, but at the same time, you know what? They're back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Once they get into the postseason, I'm sure they'll turn it on. But to have them face off against the Canes is just another example as to why this is a very flawed playoff system. And people touch on it every single year. People complain about it every single year. And that's because it is the way it is. And there's a very simple fix. And I think that's what is more mind-numbing is that there's a very, very easy fix here. But the NHL is sticking to its guns because it created this playoff system for a reason. The reason that they created this playoff system was because they wanted bigger rivalries in divisions interdivisional rivalries to bring a bigger importance and a bigger spotlight and get more eyes onto these division rivalries in the regular season. It was done to boost ratings in the regular season. If you think back, like I said, it started in 2014. They had just, after the lockout, realigned those divisions. That's when you had the start of the Metropolitan Division. That's when you had the start of the newly formed Atlantic Division. That's when the Southeast Division was no more. It ceased to exist. That crazy, crazy Southeast Division. If you don't remember what that is, go back and look at it because it was the awful Florida Panthers. Whenever they were there, it was the awful Atlanta Thrashers. It was basically, and then, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes were not great as, as well in that division. It was practically... It was the Capitals' division to lose every single year. But they realigned the divisions, and with an aim on trying to build up rivalries in those divisions, that's why they created this playoff system. But when you look into it, what it has done instead... I mean, it's it's done that. Let's think about it. The rivalries have been built very well through this. But the one detractor is it creates repeated matchups way too often. And again, I forgot about this because the last two Stanley Cup playoffs, this hasn't been the case because it hasn't been this format. But when you look at it, there has been, this will be the seventh Stanley Cup playoffs with this specific layout and format. Caps versus the Penguins have played three times. They played three straight years, 2016, 2017, 2018. There's repetition. And sometimes you'll say, you know what? I understand it, but those were clearly the best two teams. Okay, I get that. Bruins Maple Leafs are currently matched up and lined up to play each other in the first round of the postseason. They played each other in 2018 and in 2019 in the first round in that two versus three matchup in the Atlantic Division. So three straight years in this system, you got the same first round matchup between the Bruins and the Maple Leafs. And if you're the Leafs, obviously, you're getting flashbacks. You're not having a good time. If you're the Bruins, you're very happy about this. But at the same time, from a viewership standpoint, it can get stale. The fact that I heard anybody, anybody, doesn't matter who, I heard people from Capitals landscape, I heard people from the Penguins landscape saying, I don't want to see Caps Pens, not because they don't want to play that other opponent, because they don't want to see that, because it was getting old, it was getting stale, the fact that that, the most exciting playoff series that we have seen in the last decade, the most exciting rivalry that we have seen in the last decade was getting stale to some people, that's when you have an issue, like I said, Caps Pens, three straight years, Bruins Maple Leafs, three straight years, at the impetus of this entire system 
Three straight years, Pittsburgh Penguins taking on the New York Rangers. The Rangers are getting back into the playoffs for the first time since 2016 when the Penguins eliminated in the first round. And guess who they're facing up against? The Pittsburgh Penguins. Again, that's not set in stone, but at the same exact time, it's right there. It is 95% chance Penguins-Rangers will be a first-round matchup this year. And it feels fresh because they haven't faced off in six years. But when you think of it, this is, like I said, the seventh year of this system. The fourth time these two teams have played each other. Three of them in the first round. That's a direct result of the way this is set up. And I know what you're going to say. These are all Eastern Conference matchups. So at least it's been different in the West. And you're not wrong. It has been. For the simple reason that it has been very varied, I guess is the best way to say it, in the Western Conference when it comes to standings. The East has been a lot more steady. There's not as much parity in the Eastern Conference than there is in the West. And that's due to several factors. Obviously, Sabres haven't been to the playoffs in 11 years. We kicked off the show with that. But then there's other teams like the Red Wings, like the Senators. These teams that... They'll get into the playoffs, they'll lose in the first round, and then all of a sudden you have the same teams clashing in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And that is the one positive I'll take from this entire thing, is the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs are forever the best round of the Stanley Cup playoffs when this is the format. And they have been fantastic. I cannot lie. They have been really, really good. But like I mentioned, it gets a, it can get a little stale. Because the parity in this league, on a year-to-year basis is not quite what it needs to be. But I do have an example in the Western Conference of back-to-back matchups. St. Louis, Minnesota in 2014-15. Again, impetus of this thing right off the bat showing that it will create similar matchups. And understandably, that's what the league wanted it to do. The league wanted a rivalry between Bruins Maple Leafs. It has one, and it's a great rivalry. Who has highlighted a Bruins Maple Leafs game in the regular season this year? The NHL is going to look at that and say, oh, well, it's because our system's been out of place for two years and they haven't faced off. They've played twice in a row in 2018-2019. Both series went to seven games. There is still hatred between the fan bases, but that wasn't a marquee matchup this year. It wasn't. And they're in the same division. Now, is part of that because they didn't play last year? Potentially. But still... It's not doing the things that the league wanted it to do. And also, the league doesn't need it. There are other ways to do it than to to harm the integrity of the Stanley Cup playoffs, which is the NHL's bread and butter. Let's not lie. If it wasn't for the playoffs, this league would probably be fifth at this point behind the UFC. But because of that entire section of every fan base that gets locked in for the Stanley Cup playoffs and not necessarily at all for the regular season, that is why the NHL is still a power four sport in North America. At the very least in the United States. Let's not say Canada because that's completely different. But the issue still remains. That this playoff system is flawed and there's a really easy fix. It's very simple. And we saw it back in 2020. Just reseed. Reseed after every round and you'll be fine. You get fresh matchups. You get the best matchups. And guess what? The best of the best play in the conference finals. 
not the second round, the conference finals. Back in 2019, the last time this happened, the second round matchup was Bruins versus Lightning. That is a very, very, if I, if I remember correctly, it was Bruins Lightning in the second round. That should have been the conference finals. Instead, we had Bruins versus Islanders. And the Islanders got the floor wiped with them. It was an awful Stanley Cup semifinal. It was an awful Eastern Conference final. The best series was in the second round. And that is something that, understandably, the league likes. The league loves to see Bruins versus Lightning. Penguins versus Capitals in the second round. But the problem with that is... You're taking away from the conference finals, which should be the best hockey between the teams in that conference. But instead, we got a shutout the last time. A sweep. Four to nothing. It was sweep, sweep, sweep. Islanders sweep the Penguins. Hurricanes sweep the Islanders. Or, sorry. I don't remember what it was. It, yeah. It was something like that. Hurricanes versus the Bruins. That's what it was. I, I thought something was off. The Islanders have been in the conference finals the last two years. Ah, my brain on a on a Friday morning just completely gone. Excuse me for that. But the problem with this is you want the conference finals to be the best. That's what I'm getting at here. And it hasn't been in this system. Those years that it was Penguins versus Capitals, that was the best matchup. Those were the two best teams. Yeah, in 2016 and 2018, the Lightning put up a fight. But they couldn't get over that hump. That wasn't the matchup. They were great matchups. Penguins versus Lightning in 2016. To this day, one of my favorite NHL playoff series. And Caps versus Lightning was just as good in 2018. But let's not lie, the better round and the better series was the one right before that. And that's the problem with this. You you still get good matchups, but it hurts the integrity of the game a little bit in my opinion. So if you reseed after every round, that's how I think, you know, you still get really good matchups in that first round. Let's not lie. Penguins-Rangers will be a great first round matchup this year. So will Maple Leafs versus Bruins. That's a great first round matchup. You're still getting what you wanted in creating those really big rivalries in division. And they still even might face off in the second round. But what you're doing is creating a dynamic where your best games are your last games. And that's what you need as a league in the NHL. I did mention that we'll probably see Penguins versus New York Rangers. I wanted to touch on that a little bit more before I head the break. When I come back, by the way, we'll dive into my top five that I gave you on Tuesday. We got a lot of responses on Twitter and we'll we'll dive down through it. I think we got five or six more players that realistically could all be put in the top five, and some of you did put in the top five, so we'll get to that after the break. But I want to finish here on this segment. We will probably be seeing, and I said this earlier, a Penguins versus New York Rangers first round for the fourth time in seven years of this playoff system. I'm not upset that that's going to be the matchup, because I think that's probably the best matchup in the Metropolitan Division. Most tightly contested, most entertaining, most bad blood. Let's not forget that these teams in the 90s, and then like I mentioned, in the mid-2010s, these teams hated each other. These teams played in the postseason all the time, and it's the return of a rivalry. 
But, I mean, this kind of comes to my point of this playoff system. Rangers get knocked out in 2016. They do a full rebuild, and the first year back, uh, the Penguins are waiting for them again. Like, it, it might go a different way this time, but it the fact that you don't get a different matchup is the point I'm trying to make. But those two teams met last night. There was no Sidney Crosby because of non-COVID illness, which has been going through the Penguins locker room weirdly. Let's not forget that a couple years ago, Mumps went through the Penguins locker room, so there's something weird going on there in Pittsburgh that they all get sick. I guess they're they're very close to each other. They're, they're great teammates. They're so close to each other that they get each other sick very easily. I know illness goes throughout NHL locker rooms very easily because of you know the nature of it and sports locker rooms as a whole, but it seems like the Penguins are always dealing with something like this every other year. Nonetheless, that game last night was highly entertaining. The Rangers won it by a score of three to nothing. Igor Shosturkin back on his game. He, he kind of dipped for a little bit, gets the shutout, was tested a little bit, specifically in the first and third periods. The second period, he could have sat there and played a Sudoku puzzle in, in the crease, and the Penguins would not have scored. They refused to shoot the puck. If they figure that out, this will be a seven-game series. I don't know which way it goes, but it'll be a seven-game series. This rivalry is heating up. You saw it in the first game, and that was simply because the refs refused to call a penalty on one team and just kept taking the same guys, kept taking the same guys, four on four, four on four, four on four, until these teams said, okay, you know what? We're immune. I could punch you in the face. They're going to take both of us. So that's one way to start a rivalry. Nonetheless, that first game was in February. They played four times in the last month and a half. That'll create a little bit of tension. Last night, it boiled over a little bit. Both teams emptied the benches, were standing side or across from each other at the red line after the game in the middle of MSG, which the National Hockey League said, this is what we like. We love it. We like this because guess what? This is going to be the first round matchup. And in every single video promo, you're going to see that image of the entire Penguins roster on the left side, the entire Rangers roster on the right side, and then it's going to cut to Igor Shosturkin saying, bye, see ya, goodbye, I beat you three out of four times, you only scored on me once at five on five in the entire four games. That's a problem for Pittsburgh, by the way. They beat them three times, I believe, in on five on four on the power play. But the only player to score at Igor Shosturkin at five on five for the Pittsburgh Penguins has been Brian Boyle. And that was on a deflection. Not a good sign for the Penguins going into that. But nonetheless, that is going to be a hell of a matchup. But it also highlights the issue with this this playoff system. And the fact is, the Rangers now, the past four times they've been in the playoffs, exclude the play-in tournament where they played, I believe, Carolina and didn't get through. The last four times the Rangers have been in the playoffs, it's been against the Penguins. Even more... All four times the Rangers have been in the playoffs in this system, they've played the Penguins. Three times in the first round and once in the second. I rest my case. I don't know if anybody else agrees with me, but I do think if you just started reseeding, I think it would cause much better Stanley Cup playoffs. We're in for a great one nonetheless. I'm excited to see how everything shapes out. This all kind of started on the impetus, and I didn't touch on it too, too much, of the fact that currently it would be Hurricanes versus Lightning, which would be a shame to see. In the first round, one of those teams have to lose to the other. But at the same time, we did see that with the Panthers versus Lightning last year. So I guess it's all right. 
And it'll be a great series. It'll be great television. You just wish that that was for, I don't know, a bid to the Stanley Cup Finals. That's at least what I was hoping. I'm going to take a quick break. When I return, let's dive into the top five players in the National Hockey League. I gave you mine on Tuesday. Let's see what your responses were on Twitter after the break. Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THBN, bet just $1 on any NHL team to win, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the difference between doing two, or I guess I should say the difficulty between doing two different podcasts twice a week each is sometimes I forget which one I'm doing. But this is the Hockey Hotbed, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and even better opportunities. Again, that is promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. I gave you my top five on Tuesday. If you didn't hear my explanation, I'm not going to go into the explanation for it now, but my top five was in descending order. Number one, Connor McDavid. Number two, Austin Matthews. Number three, Sidney Crosby. Number four, Leon Dreisaitl. And number five, Nathan McKinnon. I felt pretty good in that. Felt really good in that. I knew people would disagree. That's the point. Because that is my opinion. So, understandably, people did disagree. Some people gave me their full list. Some people just said, you know what? I don't really like this about your list. And I appreciate everybody for throwing in their commentary because that's exactly what I wanted to do with this. Let's start with Polly Cupcakes. He is one of the hosts of the official Caps Chirp podcast. So, if you're looking for a Washington Capitals podcast, go check them out at the official Caps Chirp podcast anywhere you get your podcast from. He said, Connor McDavid... Nathan McKinnon, Austin Matthews were his top three, which is similar to mine. Then he threw in two, two wild cards here. Artemi Panarin is four, and the young kid, Kale McCarr, at number five. He also then went on to say that it used to be Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin, Kenny Kuznetsov. I'm not sure I agree with that, but I won't dive into it. Nikita Kucherov and Patrick Kane. He said, but the youth movement have taken over the goats of the 2010s. And I can see that. And you know what? That's where we're at in the National Hockey League. And this comes to a point where I've said it several times before. 
As hockey fans, we are truly blessed with the current state of the National Hockey League. And Paulie outlines it perfectly here. Look how young the, his top five is. McDavid, McKinnon, Matthews, Panarin, Makar. Back in 2015, none of these guys were household names. McDavid, yes. McKinnon, in the league, not quite a household name yet. So in seven years, we have a complete overhaul of a new youth movement. And guess what? We're having supplementary movements coming up too. Trevor Zegras this year. Moritz Sider this year. Tim Stutzla up in Ottawa. It's a lot of fun to watch these guys. Jack Hughes. I almost forgot about Jack Hughes. He's one of my favorite players. Sooner or later, he might be on the top five list. But we have all those guys. But these other players, Patrick Kane is having a real good season. Again, he's never really dropped off. Sidney Crosby, a point per game, once again, for the 17th straight time in his career, which is every single season, of course. Alex Ovechkin is still a 30 to 40 to a potentially 50 goal scorer in this league. Kuznetsov, that's a different story. Kucherov has been the best player in the Stanley Cup playoffs the last two years on a team that has won the whole damn shabangabang. So we're in a moment in time here. And thank you again, Polly, for submitting your list. And thank you again for bringing up this point. We're at a moment in time here where we have this youth movement where Matthews has now been in the league for six years. He's hitting his stride. He's hitting his prime. McDavid hitting his prime hundreds and hundreds of points later. McKinnon is now a perennial superstar on a juggernaut of a Colorado Avalanche team. We're getting all of these guys. But the old guard isn't going away. Now in Paulie's instance, in Paulie's case, and in Paulie's mind, they're not the top five anymore. Doesn't mean they're not still ridiculously talented and automatically entertaining when they come onto the ice. If you're a hockey fan, just enjoy what you're watching. Crosby's Penguins are once again going to be in the playoffs. Ovi's Capitals are once again going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, they might not be the perennial 1-2 in the Metro division that they were five years ago, but they're still there. If anybody thinks that either the Penguins or the Capitals cannot surprise the world and pull an upset in the first round, you just haven't been watching this league long enough. Enjoy the fact that we are seeing the most parodied league with the most parodied most variety of superstar age that we have ever seen before. It's great. Thank you, Pauly. To keep this thing rolling, something that I did see in the comment section, it was a common theme. There were two main common themes here, and one of them was the discourse on Sidney Crosby. I have him as number three. I think he's vastly underrated for the season that he's having this year. Coming off of wrist surgery, then having COVID, he's sick again, apparently. Over a point a game, since I believe it was like January 1st or since no even I think it was November, one of the top two or three players when it comes to points, just points scoring. So it really makes you think about the fact that he has not really slowed down, but in the national scope, in the national's eye, he's deteriorated to some level, but he hasn't. And Allie summed it up perfectly. Allie listens to both Tip of the Iceberg and Hockey Hotbed. So I always love, and I will always mention Allie if she comments on anything. So Allie said, and this was perfect, it's weird, but when I when it's said and done, Sid is going to be in this weird spot where he's kind of underrated, but people will swear for all the world that he's overrated. 
And that went on to happen in the comment section. <laughs> She's like, Nostradamus. It went on to happen in the comment section. Ken Stapon of, uh, I believe is not another Leafs pod, is what I know him from, but nonetheless, a Leafs backer, but still very intelligent hockey mind, says Crosby is rated too high in this. He said, I understand why you put him there, because clearly I, I, I grew up a Penguins fan. I cover the Penguins. So he said that I did that out of, you know, hockey fandom nepotism, basically. I don't think Crosby was rated too high. And when I said my top five, and I, I, I don't know if Ken heard this, probably not. I said, you know what? One and two are locks. The next three you can mix, mix and mash. I could just as easily have put Crosby at number five. But for what I've seen this season, for what's around him, I have Crosby at number three. But Ken says that. He also goes on to say, McDavid is number one. He agreed there. I, I think that was the biggest agreement of everybody, that McDavid is the best player in the National Hockey League. He's the best player in the world right now. He then says, you know, McDavid, sorry, McKinnon, Dreisaitl, and Matthews, in some order, are right there from two to four. So four of my five guys, he also would put in his top five. He's not a guy that likes lists, so don't hold this. Like, don't, don't, it, nothing is set in stone. This is just bullshitting and talking. And then he says Vasilevsky, which is a point that I didn't think of, and shame on me, because Andre Vasilevsky not only is the best goaltender in the National Hockey League, and as Ken says, that deserves a slot in the top five at all times, and it does because it's one of the game's most important decision uh, positions, if not the most important position. Vasilevsky has been on this run as good as any goaltender has been on a particular run in the history of the National Hockey League. Will it have the longevity of some of the runs of Martin Brodeur, Patrick Waugh, Kent Dryden, that much remains to be seen. But over the past two seasons, whether the Vezina Trophy has gone to him or not, he has been the guy. He's that guy again this year. Don't be surprised if he's the reason they go out and win another Stanley Cup. The guy was the Conn Smythe winner last year. He should have been the Conn Smythe winner the year before. He's a top five player in the National Hockey League. I didn't even talk about him in the top ten. I didn't even look at the goaltending position. Which, shame on me, because the beginning of me covering the sport, Carey Price was a top five player in the National Hockey League because he was far and away the best goaltender in the league. Andre Vasilevsky has reached those heights. Shosturkin is having an undeniably fantastic year. But I'm still taking Vasilevsky in the postseason every single time because he has the track record, because he's done it on a consistent basis. Shosturkin certainly has the capabilities and the abilities to get there, but he hasn't done it to this point. So I do agree with Ken. Andre Vasilevsky is a fantastic decision in that as well. And he should have been in my top five. He would definitely be in my top 10 if I made it today. And this is why I love doing this because everybody thrown in their opinion, some things I didn't think about. One thing I did think about, but didn't mention, and multiple, multiple. When I say multiple, I mean, this was a notification on my phone at least 20 times yesterday when I posted this graphic. A lot of love for Johnny Gaudreau. Johnny Ham and Cheese. Calgary, well, U.S. boy, Boston boy, up in Calgary. A lot of love for him. I like it. I'm liking it. And they made valid points. Everybody made valid points. Fox 4 just simply commented, uh, Johnny G. And... Fair enough. Like that, that's the end of the statement. It doesn't have to be defended any further than that. But it was, and I appreciate it for that. Grant Van Lahr responded to one of Polly's tweets and said, No Johnny G. 
You know, where where is Johnny Gaudreau? He is fourth in the National Hockey League in scoring right now. He has 99 points right now. Not only that, somehow underratedly playing on the best line in hockey, and he is the engine of that line. All three players, don't get me wrong, they're all fantastic hockey players. They're all, I wouldn't say stars in this league, but they're all top-tier players in this league. But Johnny Gaudreau is the grease that makes the wheels go on that line, on that team, which in case you missed it last week or the week before that, I put my flag with them and said they're my Stanley Cup favorites. So how I can say they're my Stanley Cup favorites but blatantly disrespect the best player on that team is beyond me. It's just what happens, I guess. Melanie also just started listening to the show. Melanie, thank you so much for tuning in if you're tuned into this one as well. She also mentions Johnny Gaudreau. She also mentioned Jonathan Huberdeau, which is another good name. Jonathan Huberdeau has made a career out of being vastly underrated by everyone in the National Hockey League. I've given him his flowers on a couple of occasions. And I think he is easily, not even a question, a top 15 player in this National Hockey League. An argument could definitely be made. He's probably a top 10 player in the National Hockey League. And an argument could be made for top five. This is why I wanted to have reactions. And thank you, Melanie, for sending this in. Because I put in Sasha Barkov as a potential 6-10 to candidate. And I do think Sasha Barkov is better than Jonathan Huberdeau, but not by much. Barkov is a freak of nature, which is why I mentioned him. Huberdeau, while probably not having freak of nature status, is still a superstar in this league. I try to withhold the word superstar and the word star, but Jonathan Huberdeau is a superstar. I would say there are 15 potentially 16 superstars in this league, and Jonathan Huberdeau is one of them. It hasn't helped his case that he plays in Florida, but that shouldn't be an issue. It is, and it always will be, but I try not to look at it that way. I try to look at every team, no matter the market, you know, what players are good, what players are the best. That's why I like Darlene. I think he's had one of the best defensive seasons, especially considering the team he plays on. But Melody brings up a good point in Jonathan Huberdeau. I like that as well. She also mentioned Johnny Gaudreau. And then also, well, of course, and if there's any Flames fans listening, which it seems like there is based on the responses about Johnny Gaudreau, Blasty's Corner Podcast is the podcast on the network, the Hockey Podcast Network, for all things Calgary Flames. And they, of course, as you can expect, jumped on this bandwagon of, yeah, we need a little bit more respect for Johnny Gaudreau, please. Like, how dare you? disrespect the man with 99 points playing on one of the best lines in the league with Lindholm and with Matthew Kachuk. Which is surprising because there's not many bigger Matthew Kachuk fans than me. Which might be why. (laughs) I don't know. Johnny Gaudreau, 99 points on the season, like I mentioned, fourth in the NHL. Blasty's Corner says, look at that line production. And... I can't disagree. Right now, probably, I don't think it's too wrong to say the best line in hockey at the point, at this point. Also, they mentioned the fact that he is defensively much improved. It helps that he's playing on a line with Lindholm. 
because Lindholm is very defensively responsible and it helps Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau be able to do what they want to do in the offensive zone without fear of giving up a big opportunity in the back end, which would certainly piss off their coach because their coach is Daryl Sutter. But Lindholm is a little bit of a safety blanket that has allowed Johnny Gaudreau to do what he's doing this year, which is show everybody that he is a premier hockey player in this league. He might be playing his way right out of Calgary, but if you're a Flames fan, you can't hate it because guess what? On his way out, he might be delivering you a Stanley Cup championship. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But I really like the fact that a lot of people came to the the aid of, of Johnny Gaudreau, and I really ne- do need to like look back over this. I'm not going to go on with this weeks down the road. I'm done with this. We're cut and dry. Going to the next thing next week. But I did want to want to touch on this because we had so many responses, and thank you to everybody. But Johnny Gaudreau is for sure a top 10 player in the National Hockey League. I just don't think he cracks the top five. Because McDavid, McKinnon, Matthews, Dreisaitl, I don't think you can argue those are the four best players in the National Hockey League. You know, I threw Sidney Crosby in there. And to Ken's point, it might be a little biased. But I really think that what he's doing this season is underrated. I really think he hasn't lost a single freaking step. And where you used to be the best player in the world, the only reason he's not anymore is because these young kids. Not that he has declined anymore, but it's just people are getting better and better, which is fantastic for the sport. So I have Crosby up there. I think Vasilevsky deserves to be up there. I think Barkov, like I mentioned, deserves to be up there. This all started because I really like what Kirill Kaprizov is doing, and I think he is a top 10 player in the National Hockey League. Potentially top 5 at any given moment. So Johnny Gaudreau, I mean, there's already 7, 8 names there. Johnny Gaudreau should be in the top 10. I should have mentioned him, for sure. Top 5, though, that's a tough sell. That is a tough sell. He's having a great season. He's one of the top 5 players in the league. This year, but if it comes down to one series, if it comes down to game seven, there's at least five more players that I'm picking before Johnny Gaudreau, if you're telling me I can take anybody. And that's at the end of the day, that's that's where my mind is at. Thank you to everybody that has commented. Thank you to everybody that has sent in their lists. I appreciate all the responses here, but that's going to do it for this episode of the Hockey Hotbed. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week to talk NHL is, oh, we're getting so close. Less than a month away from the Stanley Cup playoffs. It is going to be so damn exciting, even if the format is a little bit flawed. But that's it for this one. We'll see you guys next week. Have a great weekend, hockey fans.